big foamy head I <clears throat> Welcome to Big Foamy Head, the Beer Death March. And that's uh, related to the last four or five days we've been going at it steady. Marching towards every beer we see and hurling ourselves on it. <laughs> taking like a live grenade. That's yes. right. Taking many. Saving our compadres from having to torture themselves. So this all started on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. And I landed here. We're in uh, uh, Rick's uh, awesome podcast studio, a.k.a. Kitchen. And uh, got here Wednesday and... We just headed into town and uh, started. Oh, well, yeah, we started with the pub crawl. So we went all the way up to uh, Tasty Weasel, which is the Oscar Blues uh, brewery up in Longmont. And that led us to the next stop, which was Bootstrap Brewing, which is a, a new microbrewery in Niwot. And then that led us to the Kettle and Stone, mm-hmm. where we enjoyed several, um, what was it, Vindications? Vindications. Yeah, very good mm-hmm. double IPA. Went went back there with the preacher to look at the brewery. Right, a minister runs the brewery. It's yeah. uh, one of the three partners that owns the place. And then Dave came into town, so we came back and picked him up, and then we went to uh, Odd 13 Brewing. Yeah. And then sampled there, and then we went to 12 Degrees. And then... Was that it for night one? Well, I think we went CB and Pots, but we didn't do much. Yeah, there. that's right. And then by then, we were so addled, we couldn't order off of menus. Well, I thought or, these guys were going to eat, and it was like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> so we went back home and drank some more. Well, first we got some uh, takeout fast food. So. But I'm impressed you remembered all of that, because the amount of dead brain cells in, in this room could make a little baby brain. <laughs> well, what did you say the next day? We drank enough to uh, kill a small child. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. So that was the warm-up day, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it got, uh, uh, the. this was when uh, it got delicious real fast, right? The uh, Croc World uh, Brewers Cup Forum. World Brewers Forum. Okay. Right. So well, yeah. that's the uh, annual fundraiser that my homebrew club does. Uh, proceeds go to benefit children's hospitals, so everybody that helped contribute or donated swag or or just there, thank you for that and for buying your tickets and whatnot. Um, I heard that we brought in about $4,000 on the evening, and most of our operating expenses are covered for the year, so that's going to be a pretty generous donation we're going to be able to make this year. So you are, are not mentioning your triumph. Uh, that you achieved there, Rick, is uh, a large blue ribbon now for winning uh, first place in his category, which he dominated. I dominated the category. I was the best and the worst because I had the only entry in that category. It's the smoked beers. So uh, apparently nobody else thought to enter. Anyway. Yeah. So they said, congratulations. Skirt Better luck next yeah. time. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't ever enter homebrew competitions, and the only one I did is, or the only reason I did this one is because it's our local competition. So that's the uh, World Brewers Cup, I think. And but what was what was your beer? It was a uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale with uh, 
about half a pound of smoked malts in a, it. A cloned. Cloned, of course. Yeah. A smoked Sierra Nevada. And was well received by all, I reckon. Yes. Um, well, I haven't got my score sheet yet, so it should be interesting to see if they even judged a beer that was the only one in its category. So, beer so. showed up, it won. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. I mean, we don't know. Um, I did get it judged in another category, so it'll be interesting to read the, yeah. the judges' scoring sheets. Uh, so we had uh, two speakers that night. Uh, we had Jeremy Cohen and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Todd something. I don't know, but uh, at, by that time, this is this should be rule of thumb at a beer event where there is no cover and you can have all the beer you want. At 10 o'clock at night, if you're the speaker, there's only going to be so many people in the room coherent enough to understand your discussion on water chemistry. Which I found captivating. Not me. I was, I was zoning out. And the poor guy, he spent way too much time telling us about, well, I thought it was 10 in the morning. And this is like, okay. So anyway, re- rewind to the first speaker. Jeremy, Jeremy Cohen, Cohen from uh, Hebrew Brewing. Speaking of which, our, our kickoff beer is one of his, the re- Rejuvenator uh, Double Doppel. And it's a tasty beverage. It's, uh, it's a lager, too, which I'm not a lager fan, but when you do doppels and uh, things like that, they're real rich. I like them. Do you want to read some of the bottle to us, Chad? Sure. It's a uh, Belgian-style double ale and a Doppelbach European lager. Brewed with uh, dates and figs from Concentrate. So concentrated. Concentrate. That's interesting. They yeah. put that in there. Concentrated <laughs> dates and figs. <laughs> what could go wrong? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I thought he was a pretty fascinating speaker. Um, I had actually asked him to speak for our club many years ago, but that kind of fell by the wayside. But I'm glad that somebody else followed up with it and actually brought him aboard. Uh, he had quite an interesting story about starting up his brewery, brewery and. Uh, how he was doing self-distribution, borrowing money from mom and dad, losing all of mom and dad's money, yeah, going bankrupt, taking a couple of, uh, did he say weeks or years in Asia? He said, I, I, well, I thought it was months, I don't know. It was months. But, it, but, but there's, the storyline was always the same. Don't do what I did because it's the horrible wrong way to do it. Right. And he made a point of saying every single person in this room is smarter than I was when I started <laughs> and much more likely to do a better job. But yeah. It, it was really good. He, he was a, a very good speaker. And then he, uh, he did a little auction to help you guys raise some money, which was cool. That's right. He, his brewery was given a couple of extra tickets for the Great American Beer Festival, and he was also promoting a book. So uh, you got a signed copy of the book and the tickets to the Saturday session. And he auctioned those things up pretty high. Yeah, 150, 150 I think. bucks, yeah. Yeah, so. That should get. Yeah, that was good fundraising. It was kind of interesting to see him take over as kind of a, you know, a caller for a, a drawing. So anyway, grab the next beer. It's going to be a uh, Oak Jacked Imperial Pumpkin aged in oak barrels from Crooked Line. Now, is this the one you picked? Crooked line. No, right. Dick no, picked that one. No, that's the crooked the line. The crooked line. From this is from Uinta. Uinta. Utah, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, Utah. I like these guys. Yeah. Um, I've run into them on several different shows or oh, yeah. different venues. So Rick is pork, manly pork. wrestling with the cork. Well, I'm worried about it exploding. There uh, you go. You know, they had that's good audio, but it's also uh, 
something you you could get an eye put out. Well, you take a big risk because you could get a big, huge uh, explosion of uh, beer all over your. Now these are and so these are some guys. I don't know if you had this yesterday, but I had it yesterday uh, for the first time. Chad pointed it out uh, over at uh, the Great American Beer Festival. So we. We, we skipped over in our ways we were, our tri- our beer travels. It almost we, uh, looks like a pumpkin. Look how uh, dark and ruby that is. It's pretty. But a huge, like, and, and, of course, it has a good-looking label, which is how beers are judged. Sure. On their label. Right? If it has an ugly label, it can't possibly be a good beer. <laughs> so, um, we... Uh, we saw a lot of imperial beers on um, on our third outing, the Denver Rare Beer Festival. That's right. That's Friday. right. We have to dust off these brain cells. It was only two days ago. If you hadn't noticed, we're slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're days. getting better. Yeah. Well, it was the uh, beer death march, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really appropriate title for this thing. So the uh, the the Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Put on by a friend of the show, Rick Like. Mm-hmm. He used to do our news segment. Yeah. And and then he slacked off and went and did this pints for prostate nonsense. Well, he caught the, the prostate cancer yes, first. I know, you know he so. did. There's nothing so, but good stuff nothing for, for Rick. Um, so we went there. And, uh, Getting cancer just, is not a good thing. I mean, just in very, case anybody's actually listening to what I'm yeah, saying. Does, yeah. Does We're not mocking your you prostate cancer. <laughs> action for sure. Uh God, you derailed my thought process. But it motivated him to start this organization, Pints for Prostates. And he's actually just doing a whiz-bang job. He's going all over the world. He's doing a uh, a tour to Germany that I would just love to join. I mean, it's a Pints for Prostate cruise to Germany. It's like mm-hmm. awesome. And he does the Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Yeah, which was really well-organized, set up, and we got in there. And the very first beer we had was one Chad had said, be on the lookout for this. It was on the list. And it was the very first Perennial. Beer. Perennial. Yeah. Quad. Uh, quad. What? Something. Belgian or another. It was just, and we knew this was just going to be a losing proposition, trying to remember what we had. I think our second, was it our second? Our second or, was probably the Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head 120 through a Randall. Which had garlic and cracked pepper in it. Mm-hmm. So served, it was actually quite good. Served mm-hmm. to us by Sam Calgione himself. Mm-hmm. And Sam apparently had been hitting it because, so this is like my second beer, and they were little tasters, right? And Sam just over poured the hell out of Dogfish 120. Yeah, he gave you about half a glass and you're only supposed to get, you know, they're supposed to pour in a little blue one inch line, you know. Right, so. so so the very first thing is like I pounded down this high alcohol beer and then uh, we wandered over and got some Utopia, which is what? That's 20? Samuel, Sam Adams. Another, yeah, Sam and Adams. Uh, that's their big ninja yeast beer. Uh, it's I believe it's over 20% now. They keep yeah. amping it up. It started off like an 18, 19% beer and it's one of the first the biggest commercial beers you could buy and it was going for about 150 bucks oh at least the yeah. little bottle of it yeah so i don't know what it's going for these days i don't shop in that section of the beer store but uh yeah that was uh like drinking a liqueur that was and that was kind of the the tone for all the beers there at the denver rare beer t- they were just high alcohol really good but it was funny because we had some beers there won't name who Mainly because can't remember, but 
But we just said, ah, we're not drinking this shit and poured it out. And the fact of the matter was, it would be the best beer in the room under At other most, circumstances, right? Yeah. right? So. so we got so snobby about what we were putting down our beer holes. We were, <laughs> it was terrible. And the food was pretty good. It was a catered barbecue from Breckenridge um, Brewery and Barbecue, which is local here in Denver. Um, they do a good job if you ever get out to Breckenridge. It's the Breckenridge downtown, not the Breckenridge up in the hills. So you can tell me anything. All right, I'm not from here. So up in the hills. Anyway, I thought it was pretty good barbecue, really good coleslaw and ribs and food like that. So this is all a prelude to to the main event, GABF, and we did we did we went some other places though, right? After this Denver rare beer tasting, where we were drinking the highest octane beer possible, it became a really good idea for us. To go get a beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to go to Prost. So we went to Prost Brewing, and and I tell you what, Dave, Dave, thank God for his tiny little stomach and not drinking as much beer as us. He became our designated driver because, as he put it, I am the most sober. He didn't say <laughs> sober. He said I'm the most sober. The least inebriated. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, we take uh, public transportation too, so it's not. That's like true. That's this was the this was the only exception, right? right it was that so. uh, because because we need Dave was going to be driving around, so he was he was good. He, he took care of us and uh, shepherded us around, and uh, we got back here okay. And then GABF morning rolls around, and Chad flies in. Friend of uh-huh. show, Chad Wrinkle, um, gets here and early eight o'clock we were up i mean we were up ready eight o'clock in the morning and this is after three days of drinking a lot of beer Mm -hmm. and we just we all head to the bus and go downtown and and walked all the way around the convention center to find the end of the line that had we turned left instead of right would have been 50 feet away yeah right (laughs) so the lady was there with her big sign pointing us off to the end of the line yeah. Well, little did we know she was pointing us all the way around the yeah. convention center. Yeah. So, but it was uh, it, it was good, and this was the the home brewer association members session. So it was all kinds of people. Everybody in there knew what a good beer was, and that was demonstrated when we went over to the shop top. Those idiots had uh, they had a booth there. Like, it's GABF. And I can see that, like, on the amateur nights when people are coming up just to get a cheap drunk. Mm-hmm. But not for this session. It's not a cheap drunk. It's $75. What, for a four-hour session, it takes 45 minutes to get in the joint. So you're really paying for three hours and 15 minutes of beer drinking. Okay. So it's, so it's like uh, $23 an hour worth of beer. So these frat boys really need to get their beer on quickly right. if they're going to... Tie so, one on, right? But so. but my point is, they they had the nerve to have the shock top booth open, right? <laughs> While it was a members only session, and so it was right next to these Uinta guys, right? Yeah, where I had the pumpkin thing. So so they had water there, and I I reached over and washed out my taster cup, and this other guy was out the line there. 
was for the water <laughs> and to rinse it out. And they had to keep running back and get more water. No one was drinking the shock top. And it was funny. So I tell the guy, I said, yeah, have you had this? You know, we're, we're pouring water. So have you had this? Uh, it's their new shock top light. <laughs> and he says, yeah, I have. It's a lot stronger than the rest of their beers. <laughs> Talking about the water. But anyway. <laughs> That's good. He had a good sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this guy is a uh, 10.31%. That's the most accurate I've ever seen the beer measured. Mm. 0.31 versus just 10.3. It's actually probably rounded. I just drank all of mine. It says, cranked up and primed to celebrate. Jack reveals the season. Pop the cork for bursts of pumpkin and spices aged in oak barrels. Jack is wound and ready to play. Pairs well with flavors of the season. Tastes like real pumpkin. Yeah, real pumpkin it's a good beer. It's good. Very good. Because Chad, you've been you've been drinking some pumpkin beers here lately, haven't you? A lot of them. Yeah. So what what do you have? What have you <laughs> yeah. Had? What do you recommend? Um, I think Schlafly pumpkin is one of the best. Um, close second, maybe number one, is the Cigar City Good Gourd. Uh, was, that's, that's we need to find we, that. We have to find that. That was tasty. I, I have a bottle at home, but uh, couldn't couldn't bring oh, it out right, here on the yeah, flight. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been having this discussion a couple times over the uh, the weekend whether we really like uh, Cigar City or not. I know that they're hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Their line's always the longest at the JBF. And people seem to really dig their stuff. We just had a couple of bad experiences with yeah. them. So, so we're throwing them under the bus because of our bad experiences. It probably had nothing at all to do with their beer. Our ill-informed opinion. That's right. So that's money in the bank. That's uh, funny. So the GABF, though, this was Chad's first, and we've got a, a, we have a a multi-state contingent here with California, Colorado, Tennessee, and Missouri represented. Right? Nice. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. What'd you it's think about world. GABF? It was great. They just need to figure out how to get us in quicker next time. But <laughs> right. other than that, a lot of big beers. That's always my complaint. It's like, open up a couple doors, man. Yeah. You know? Once you get there, I mean, they're hurting them through pretty quick. But still. Right. You're almost at a dead run at some points in that line yeah. trying to get kept up. But. Yeah. No, it was a good show. And this is, I, I was trying to remember, this was my third or fourth. But uh, it was great. Well organized. The only thing was, when we went in, and we're going down this this long road with hundreds and hundreds of beers and they're all like in a 20 mile radius they were all colorado and then we said oh let's get out of colorado we'll go up the next dial we're still in colorado (laughs) there is a lot of colorado beer yes there are holy moly i mean they were all over the place and um and it was funny too because rick and i were dressed uh incognito wearing our yazoo brewery shirts with fake names and i was john throughout and i was brian and throughout the day people came up to us and said we love your beer <laughs> so we i'll were, be sure to tell Lionus yeah. next time i see him yeah so we were representing because not all the breweries even though there were three thousand beers and god knows how many breweries not everybody got in including some really good breweries like yazoo because of the way that this thing has grown in popularity and yeah towards the end carol and i were just hitting the end caps you know the the, the brewers that bring their big uh, exhibit and all that and yeah they get stuck on the end it's almost too much just because it's too many choices yeah you have to be a little discerning or you have to have some kind of a 
plan to get through there. Yeah. You know. And some of the lines, I don't get it. Some of the lines that uh, were there. You know. Because, well, they were usually for sour beers, which uh, everyone seems to love these days. Yeah. Nobody's so, ever had a sour beer before. <laughs> I've had enough for a lifetime, I think. But we also saw our buddy so, Johnny Max, who is now on the other side of the table, pouring, which yes, is awesome. That was awesome. Is, it was really good to see him and Tammy and uh, watched him on his uh, Facebook journals on the way up here. And, you know, all the, he, he's just very prolific as far as posting. So you almost feel like you know the guy, even though you only met him a couple of times. Yeah. Well, so, we, I mean, it's not like it's we have a Texas talked. Big Beer. Texas Big Beer. And, and I uh, thought the blonde was exceptional. The Texas Big Beer. He blonde. had a Renaissance Cowboy, yeah. which I really enjoyed, too. Mm-hmm. Well, the Queens, what was it? The Czar. The Wheat. Something. Queens, yeah. Czar. It was a special beer he made for his wife, and it was an Imperial Stout. And it was really tasty. And I was I was telling him, man, you got to put this some of this in a barrel. Let it sit. And, and yeah. he had the... The uh, uh, good startup brewer's complaint, I don't have time. He's too busy running his stuff everywhere, just trying to meet demand. Yeah, well, when you're doing all your own inventory, you're doing your own brewing, you're doing your own distribution and sales, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I assume he has a life. He probably likes to take a shower and uh, maybe watch a little TV once in a while. So, Well, when he's not doing that, he's doing podcasting. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got several podcasts. He's got the uh, Survivalist Network or something like that, and um, Brew Crazy, Brew Crazy, and oh, he's got like several up. I don't know what yeah. all he's still got going on because this brewery is really taking up his time. And anyway, let's take a musical break. What you got yeah. for us? Sounds like a wiener. I don't know. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. When you hear I'll, it, you'll I'll, hear it. Yeah, when you hear it, that's what it is. All right, we'll be back. Out in the desert, there's a soldier laying dead. Just pecking the eyes out of his head Another day that could have been me there instead Nobody loves me here Nobody loves me here Dad's gonna kill me Dad's gonna kill me You hit the booby trap and you're in pieces With every bullet your risk increases Old Alibaba is a different species Nobody loves me here, nobody loves me here Dad's gonna kill me Dad's gonna kill me Didn't choose. At least we're winning on the foxy thing news. 
Christmas Nobody loves me here Nobody loves me here Death's gonna kill me Death's gonna kill me tell you about it since we get it poured yeah so just sit there and listen while we pour <laughs> because that's what every professional podcaster does dead air time yeah it gets people to listen it's use your imagination time and we're trying not to bang the table too much but we're failing so sorry that was all right Dave, you're up well you know i like the bourbon barrel aged beers and this is the boulevard brewery's latest entry in their smokestack series it's the BBQ, it runs in at like 11.8 on an ABV, so it takes a little bit higher commitment when you open this model. (laughs) 
I haven't actually tasted it yet, so I can't tell you about that. I did. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's a little cloudy. It's, um, really nice uh, copper amber color. It's got about a two, three inch head and uh, fine bubbles, a little foam. Mm -hmm. And tastes like bourbon. Tastes like bourbon. Yeah. It's a good beer. And this is a Belgian quad is the base, right? And they added cherries and then... Put a portion it of it's uh, barrel aged and another portion's not, I think, is what I read. So this is a blend then. It starts with a Belgian uh, ale that is mm -hmm. aged anywhere from eight months to two years. Okay. So that that's the quad, right? In bourbon Yeah, so 16% yeah. ale, 84% ale aged in bourbon barrels with cherries, 11.8 alcohol by volume, it's made in Kansas City, Missouri. So and it's a big beer. user in the, the mid-20s. So Dave was asking earlier about uh, blend. You know, like you have blended whiskeys. He says, "Are there in, are there beers that are blends?" And so I started going off on about you know the geese and the blends mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they do there, and that porter is originally was a blend, but this is a blended beer right here. We're bringing mm -hmm. uh, different things together to achieve an outcome, and this is down the road from you, Chad. Right? Kansas City, yeah. You can right. definitely taste the cherries. Have you been there to Boulevard? No. I mean, I know you like Boulevard. Yeah, no, I've not been there for a tour, though. They do good stuff, though. Yeah, I like their uh, single-wide IPA. And yeah. All their big beers are just great. I, the had, Smokestack series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They really do a good, good, large beer. And I honestly can't think of any. What are, what's their main Kroger beers that they they have there i don't know i know tank seven which i think is still smokestack series oh tank yeah tank seven it's awesome a good one too. and this was based off the sixth glass which is another one of their smokestack series yeah it's good stuff 11 percent alcohol and uh what was that? i saw something else over on the far side what's that other uh no okay 16 what does it say 16 percent 16 percent ale 84 percent okay that's the the breakdown of the uh of the blend there. So it's primarily bourbon barrels with cherries. It's good, and it's got a cherry note on it, on the finish. It's tasty. Enjoy this. I like it. It says, store upright and serve in an appropriate glass. So. <laughs> Which probably means small. Yeah. So we're drinking out of uh, GABF taster glasses. That's an appropriate Which is glass. appropriate, That's right. Appropriate. So you go to the Saturday session, the members-only session, you get the nice glass tasters, right? Yeah. You still get all the idiots in the hall going, ooh, every yeah. time somebody drops one. But yeah. um, uh, all the other sessions get plastic glasses. That's why I had a death grip. I think grip. they're nasty. I had a death grip on my glass. I just knew I was going to be one of the buffoons dropping the glasses here. I but, think you dropped yours twice without breaking it. I didn't drop. No, that was in the car, okay. but I didn't drop it at GABF. I was, That's man, true. I was just hanging on to it. Sometimes two hands. Yeah, so as, those little those little lanyards or uh, glass cozies that you can buy, those are actually a good deal for this thing. Yeah, and you had your, like, horse collar um, beer uh, holder. So first thing I did is... Um, when I saw the the uh, Dale's Pale Ale uh, Oscar Blues booth, they give away these beer. Basically, what they do is cut the tops off their beer cans and then put Mardi Gras beads to them, and then you can put your beer cup in there. Except it doesn't fit. <laughs> so 
So we're just walking around like idiots. Like, hey, look, I'm wearing an empty can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. makes for a nice necklace. So. Uh, yeah. and you could drink out of it. And I am advertising. Actually, your glass safely somewhere yeah, if you yeah, had to. Yeah. yeah. Or if you broke your glass, you could use that in second resort. I wonder if they'd let you do that. It doesn't have a pour line. I don't know if they're supposed to. Okay, so they we saw something. Oh, really? Okay. We saw something there, and this is pretty cool. Uh, in in terms of beer technology, we saw two ends of beer technology. So the first end, which was clever, was the um, the the Reese. What would they call that growler? It was a growler made of packaging that deflated. Yeah, and, yeah. So it's uh, whatever that metallic stuff is that, yeah. that they make the little uh, looking juice balloons. boxes out of. You know. Right, right. So it's food grade and. It was pretty clever, and he had all these add-ons for the yeah. tops. It so was you cool because you once you opened it, you know, because that's the problem with growlers is your beer goes stale really quick. It gets oxidized, so you have to drink it within like 12, 24 hours after opening a growler. Um, this guy showed us that you can just like squeeze the air out and then uh, fill the top back up with CO2. So he had a food-grade CO2 handheld thing. He also had a little bit of a bigger one, you know, so you can maintain uh, CO2 on your beer. So I, I thought that was very clever. But it's five bucks, and if you drop it, nothing happens. Right. It doesn't break because it's not glass. So it's cheaper and more portable stuff. Mm-hmm. And the whole refilling, I thought, okay, well, that's great. But really, when you crack up in a growler, it's usually going to get get drank. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're sitting by yourself. I can see that. But, you know, if you're buying a growler. That's for a party. Well, a lot of people are going to avoid buying a growler just because, you know, they don't want to drink all that beer in one sitting. And yep. They don't that, want their beer to go That's why they've got so. those, those uh, half growlers now. I see a lot of those more and more. They're like, like 32 ounce. little. Uh, it's, it's the equivalent of like, like sitting around drinking two or three beers. Yeah, and they have those out. big metal growlers like you get with the water bottles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You have, um, so this thing was more like the, the wine in a box that you get. Yeah. Where it's actually in a little baggie and yeah. you know, like squeeze a little thing, although it didn't have a squeeze thing on it. But he had his science down and he had all this stuff out and it was very interesting. And then we had the other end of the spectrum. I don't I don't know if this is like a, a poorly executed joke or what, but the uh, All About Draft or All About Beer magazine had sponsored some goons who had uh, a bottle opener. Oh right, yeah, and yeah. it was a it was a piece of wood with a hook on it, <laughs> and people were looking at it, going, well, "What's that?" I said, "It's a bottle opener." He goes, "So?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I know, right?" It's like this is a bigger, bulkier, stupider looking bottle opener. <laughs> they said it's the best made bottle opener available. Yeah, and that's, like, it's only one purpose in life is to open yeah, bottles. It's it's like, make one thing and do it well. And it's like, are these people? Is this a joke, or or are they actually serious? Thinking this is like the best bottle opener ever. I was just thinking, how many trees did you guys kill to do this? You know, so <laughs> it was just dumb. It was. It's probably why. some uh, byproduct from an industrial process that. You know, instead of throwing those pieces of wood away, they're doing something with them. Maybe. I don't know. And besides that, I want my bottle opener to be multifunctional. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, it should do it a should lot do of things. things. Scratch back. Well, I have a credit card bottle opener. It's not a credit card, but it's a credit card size. So it's not multifunctional. I suppose I could break into houses easier with it because it is sturdier than a credit card. 
Well, our current beer selection didn't need a bottle opener, by the way. It was corked. Well, that's right. We haven't had... Have we had anything that wasn't corked yet? Uh, yeah. Oh, the Hebrew. The first one. Starting yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. So we're uh, three in, and uh, we're enjoying this uh, bourbon barrel quad, right? Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready for the next. All right. Well, why don't you put us on hold and grab a, a beer? All right. The uh, beer death march continues, and we're dick is fading. <laughs> I have beer fade. <laughs> so... Uh, we just opened the Firestone Walker, the Wookie Jack, which is an unfiltered ale. It's a black rye IPA from Firestone Walker. It's part of their Proprietor's Reserve Series. What do you guys think? Well, I uh, was still bathing in the gentle caresses of the barrel-aged quad with cherries, and Rick said, here, drink this. <laughs> and I went blind in one eye as soon as I tasted it. This <laughs> In the Firestone, they have, you know, all the different jacks, right? Uh-huh. They have the, was it Union Jack is the bottom one? I think, thing? yeah, I think Union and, Jack. And then they have Double Jack, which is awesome. And so the guy in the uh, beer store said, oh, you got to try Wookie Jack. So that's what we're drinking. But man, it just jumps up and uh, takes your money mm-hmm. and makes you feel bad about yourself. Um, well, you don't expect an IPA because it's black, you know. Right. But, uh, unless you're focused on a black IPA. But it's not real coffee coffee or burnt notes either. The rye is pretty prevalent in it, but yeah. it's got some hop, uh, plenty of hop notes into it. What's it? Eight? Eight percent. Okay. It's very assertive. I like it. 8.3. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, we were talking about how we're kind of dragging because we've had a lot of beer over a number of days and uh, this would kill most people but we are professionals amateurs <laughs> <laughs> don't try this that's at home right. it's uh yeah it's been non-stop going from one beer to the other and so it's really noticeable last night we went we returned to 12 degree brewing and this was after after GABF, after running around and everything. What, well, we had gone to Mountain Sun, too. We'd gone to Mountain Sun, delicious food. Had some and, good beer, too. Oh, man. And so that's where Chad and I, and it was like, so we were there at GABF, and we, God knows how many beers we had tried. Yeah. And we went up to, oh, there's Mountain Sun. So we go up there and and uh, had the big boy uh, stout that they make, took a drink and went, Looked at each other like, whoa, that's a good beer. Yeah. <laughs> and, there's, and that's amongst a lot of good beers. Right. But it's like, you know, we were talking about every, some of them just rise above the rest. And then it's like, we got to go get more of this. And so that was the expedition to Mountain Sun. We started off with a bourbon. Went in a bourbon um, Imperial Stout. They had an, yeah, they had another one at Mountain Sun that was a bourbon Imperial Stout. And it was awesome. Holy moly. I mean, we're drinking all these just rich, decadent beers, and uh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, delicious beers and great food. And, you know. The, so then we went to 12 Degrees, and it's like everybody's looking at their beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By that time. It, it looks, looks nice. The, the know, switch I'm, was I'm not putting flipped. another thing to my lips. But, but the, the yeah. guest tap was the perennial, and yeah. I, which I tried. Right. Was that, that's what you had? It was just awesome. Yeah. And so we had the in the saison that I had at, at twelve degrees, which I'd had before. It was great, but is we had just we had hit the, the wall. Uh, I went with the zero ABV style of beer that day. It's the the one in 
four ingredients in the beer. Well, the the, the, the prime indicator that yeah that we had uh, had had peaked. Rick was drinking water. He had <laughs> surrendered. <laughs> and, and Rick is never the first to go down. <laughs> this it took him out. It's just time for water. The GABF swept the leg, and Rick was uh, he was down. It was the pregame. <laughs> I think we did a bit too much pregame. Four day pregame. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have had something yeah. to do with it. But anyway, tasty beverages. So uh, Wookie Jack, uh, it's departure from what we've been drinking. Well, we're moving into IPAs next, so because we didn't want to go the other way. Right. No, you would have wrecked your palate, so it wouldn't have been any good. Uh, I think I like I'm hemorrhaging internally or something. This one does hops. strike the palate. Some people actually get a hop allergy where they start to sniffle and sneeze. Yeah, around the hops. I don't know. Maybe you're getting hit with that. Oh, uh, I think it's just because so. we're drinking for five days. Just <laughs> be safe and guzzle some Benadryl and, and enjoying all that healthy beer sleep. Right, <laughs> which it's funny though. The longer I've been here, the first day I was here, I could not get enough water during my. You know how like in your beer sleep, you wake up, oh god, I get some water. I'm all dehydrated and stuff. So I couldn't drink enough. Now, nothing. I'm used to it. <laughs> he's already acclimated. Now he's going to go back to uh, Tennessee, and yeah. he'll be like, I have all this oxygen in his blood. Uh, god, I don't know what's going to happen when I get back to to Nashville tonight. Which they were doing stuff. We were getting updates from uh, the Oktoberfests going on, which I'm here, so I'm not seeing it. I don't feel any less deprived because I was at GABF. But uh, what do you got? You've got an Oktoberfest event coming up, right? That's right. I've got uh, three beers brewed. Um, it's a church thing. So I've got uh, a Bach that I made quite a while ago. These guys have been lagering. I've got an Oktoberfest style and a, uh, a Weiss beer. So that'll be fun. And then I'll make some um, bratwursts, and we've got some elk sausage to serve, uh, some knackwurst. We'll do a little summer sausage, and maybe some smoked kielbasa, and uh, some German hot German potato salad with uh, all the bacon in it. And uh, You're just covering all the meat-filled tubes. That's right. <laughs> okay. So yeah. uh, it's a good deal. Um, goes to benefit a men's and organs, but you are. This is also one of the last obligations you have before you can actually brew something for yourself. Right, right. So I've been giving away almost all my beer recently. So I, <laughs> I've got like zero uh, in reserve for myself. So should I start looking for bourbon barrels? Because you know how I like that. Yeah, I know you like that. You should brew. Just one barrel is all I need. I'd be a lifetime supply. Get you set up with brewing, and then you could do it yourself. <laughs> Are you going to any events, Chad? No events planned. Yeah. And see, where where I am, and I don't know if you've looked into this, we have a meetup group, Music City um, Beer Society, and 800 members on meetup. This is Nashville, just Nashville, and it's like every week. There's one to two to three events. It's just insane how much stuff is going on. Uh, and that's Nashville. So I know it's going on, a lot more stuff going on elsewhere in the world. But man, it's just crazy how many things there are. It's getting harder and harder. So we were talking to, I forget who we were talking to, but they were talking about, well, here's GABF, we've got all these brewers coming in. 
there's like almost too many now mm-hmm. to get in there. Oh, the yeah, guy, there was a good 300 that uh, tried to sign up but couldn't. Yeah, and so. And, and so you've got all of these. Like, who are we talking to that it's like it's going to, to even though the, the volume of people switching from massive... Uh, they were talking about doing a West Coast, East Coast thing, and maybe in Denver at the conversation. No, no, no. I'm talking about where there's so many craft beers now, is it might even cause dilution of the market. Even though the market can grow larger because more, we're told more and more people are leaning towards craft beers, is still because of the explosion, and it'll actually make it harder. Right, so we're not we're not actually gaining more market share. We still have the five to six percent, but what's happening are the people like Avery, mm-hmm. right, they're being put to the side for the the new up and coming right, guys. Right, who, right, yeah, they got kicked off a tap. So they're so kind the of cannibalizing flash. each other. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's only so much shelf space. There's only so much uh, uh, volume, but and so I don't know if that's true. You know, everywhere. So like in Nashville, this is the thing I noticed: a big difference between Nashville and Memphis. You go to Memphis. And you got your Budweisers and Millers and the light versions and, and the MGDs, and then there's a couple of craft beers. In Nashville, it's the exact opposite. And honestly, there are many restaurants, there is no Budweiser on tap. Obviously, it's in the store. Mm-hmm. And you can still go buy it all day long. But the restaurants and stuff, they're getting away from that. And that's where some of these guys, and I would say this is something where in the shelf space, it's not going to change that much because it's distributor controlled. But I think in the restaurants, you're going to see a lot more. Craft yeah, beers. and that also leads into the whole conversation of craft versus crafty beer. True. You know, the crafty beers are these guys, the Imbevs and the um, oh, yeah. South Africans at SAB. You know, who uh, come out with well, Shock Top is a great example. Yeah. You know, and beers like that. Most of us who know what we're talking about aren't fooled. But Blue Moon gets a huge share. I mean, yeah. not I got to give perks to uh, the uh, AC Golden Brewing. Those are the microbrewers at Coors. But uh, they're still they're not going to go broke if they stop selling their craft beer. Yeah, you know. But they're not having. They're they're like subsidized from the beginning. No, no. They can't fail. Their only job is to take money yeah. out of pockets of craft brewers. You know. And then so. then there's the investments too. So like uh, Goose Island, which we. Went and hit more than once yesterday to get that Bourbon County Stout and the mm-hmm. Bourbon, Bourbon County coffee. coffee. Holy moly. Good stuff. I, I mean, those were fantastic beers. And those were some of the beers we were going like, oh, yeah, this is a good beer. And Budweiser, InBev, right? Mm-hmm. Home's Goose Island. Mm-hmm. Lock, stock, and barrel. Right. So, you know, I, I don't you know, they didn't. That, I would call that crafty beer. So right. Well, okay. So at what point? After they were bought, were they craft beer prior to being bought? Yes, they were. So, so being owned uh, by a mega so if you went to brewery, Chicago, you went to Goose Island and you went to Peace Pizza. Yeah, those were the two. Well, I went to Uno Pizza okay. for my pizza, but yeah. So crafty then, according to Rick, is uh, based on who owns you, right? No, not true. I think it's the ones that are like Shock Tops and what are those other, what's some others, Red Bridge or some of these fake breweries. Who does Bud- Red Bridge? Budweiser, Do MF, whoever, whatever. I, I was reading an article yesterday that said the current craft brew market 7%, and they projected over the next decade to grow to 
Really? Which what? is a pretty significant increase over so, the next so 10 So that years. means Budweiser's still going to have 85% of the market. Right. Ah, that sucks. So when it, it comes down to it, you can take a pretty bottle and put a neat label on it, but it's what it, it is in the bottle that makes the difference. And a, and a true beer connoisseur is going to pick a true connoisseur type beer. And so if you were looking at that, though, and comparing to apples. I mean, those guys that we saw yesterday, do you think we're true beer connoisseurs, though? Which one? As long as there's one good brewery. The 50,000 or 10,000 of us that were in the uh, convention Well, I center. think they like a better beer. Yeah. I would I would have to assume that. I mean, how many home brewers say their goal in life is to brew a Budweiser clump? None. Yeah. So they got to have a little bit more appreciation, but... I would say, you know, you talk about people who like good beer, who like whatever. Same thing with people who uh, go out of their way to go to restaurants to eat and certain types of food or whatever. I mean, we could all eat McDonald's if we wanted to. Pink slime. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's probably proportionately people who seek a better quality of something. So speaking of fine handcrafted ales, we've got ourselves a Green Flash Green Bullet Triple India Pale Ale. And this looks like an IPA. Smells like an IPA. Sounds like an IPA. Oh, yeah, there's tons of hops in there. So it's a full-body triple IPA Green Bullet combines New Zealand-grown Pacific Gem and Green Bullet hops. Significant pine and citrus hoppiness hit the palate at first sip. Accentuated by tropical notes of mango and pineapple. Ending with a moderately aggressive beer bitter finish. So the next one's the Crooked Stave Origins. Um, It's a burgundy sour ale aged in oak barrels. It's about 6.5% ABV. And Crooked Stave's one of those uh, breweries locally that is just taken off i mean uh i don't know where you guys are at but we're here in denver sour beers are insanely in pop or popular right now everybody wants them everybody's drinking them huge long lines uh the sour beer festival sold out in tens of seconds seconds yeah yeah yesterday i know at gabf they were there was a huge line for crooked save but that's where so, i think you get a lot of of you know what we were talking about the people who really appreciate a good beer because you put this in front of somebody who is just getting into this, it can turn them off really quick because it's not what they think of as, quote, beer. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've been telling everybody all weekend, this Chad guy who runs uh, Crooked Stave, you, you sit there and listen to him, and he gives a, a very technical presentation. I think the guy's a PhD in chemistry. But he'll say, okay, so you, you know, at this point to the boil, you're going to develop this uh, precursor, right? And then he'll say, okay, and then you add a little bit of oxygen here at this stage and a little oxygen here, and you got, you know, acetylbutyl or whatever, and it tastes and smells like vomit. So you don't want to do that, you know, but uh, it's just kind of cool that he knows at what point during the brewing process different uh, bugs that you want to accentuate, kick off, and bugs you don't want, you know, you have to keep out. So, so he's schooled in the sour art. He'd be right? smart. And uh, so this, you said it's a burgundy sour? Yeah, it's a burgundy sour ale. What the hell does that mean? I have no burgundy. idea. It must be more sour it's because it's very sour. It's a sour. color. Dick's always about color beers. Well, not, Give me one of them reds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> color. Okay. Is there? But it's not like 
we aren't saying burgundy as in like a wine. As a wine. I don't think so because it's aged in the oak barrels. Yeah. It's a very tasty sour beer. And it's not, you know, on scale, you can have some of these sours that go towards that sweat and horse blanket and very acidy tasting. So this looks to be about a 12-ounce bottle. Do you remember what you paid for it? Yeah, it was $12. Dollar an ounce. Dollar an ounce. Buck an ounce. Get your face all twisted up. Yeah. It gets a lot of uh, the vinegar taste to it. Yeah. Um, it's good. There were two left, and they limited to one per person, so right, yeah. figured why not. No, it's a special purchase, no doubt. Yeah, it's very tasty. And it's it's uh, from a range of sours. It's probably a little uh, to the right of mid sour. I'm actually liking this one. It's not I, I too like vinegary. It. It's uh, yeah. got a little bit of Britannomyces in it. Like the Vasilis, all I could start. It's not leaving some kind of weird, nasty taste in your mouth either. It's actually a lot better as it warms up. When I first yeah. took a drink of it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I was, getting the same uh, note. If you're a fan of sours, I think this would be a good one for you. Did we say where Crooked Stave? It's right here in Denver. Is. Mm-hmm. They are in Denver? Mm-hmm. I think you said He here. used to be up in Fort Collins, and then okay. uh, he moved down to Denver recently. Yeah. So, Yeah, there's one or two breweries in Denver. Yeah, and there are a bunch of guys in my uh, beer club that, I mean, they just love the sours. They're trying to brew them all the time, and it's like, well, okay, that's a really nice bucket of uh, uh, nail polish remover you got there. (laughs) Thanks for the acetone. (laughs) (laughs) Call me when you try again, you know. So if if your sour beer taste is off, it's still a viable uh, paint remover. Sure. And helps you with your antiquing your furniture and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, good stuff. Well, this is tasty. And we went through, and I took a picture and stuck it on Facebook. Um, how many is, is that six beers that we've run through? Sure, sounds good. And we didn't drink, I mean, well, we drank a lot of them. But, but four uh, people and share them. So. It's good stuff. Any standouts in this? Uh, they were all excellent. But uh, any particular standouts on this one? I'm sure you're going to like the bourbon one. Well, yeah, I'm, like a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of the bourbon. What'd I thought think? the Wookiee Jack was good. Um, the black IPA. I kind of like that that barrel uh, aged uh, bourbon barrel aged quad from uh, Boulevard. I really Boulevard like that. It, well, actually, that and the pumpkin. Those are my top two. Of those. Yeah, those are my two favorites. Yeah, I wasn't in a hot mood today. I think I had too many. I think I had. Well, hot, you've been on the uh, beer of death march for. Yeah, I'll hopped out. All hopped out. And uh, okay. So I'll survive that until next year. Then that'll probably be the year that kills me. <laughs> Find me dead like that chick puking up in the bus station. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to bring that up. Yeah, Elvis and uh, his chick. Uh, yeah. there. They were all in costume. Yeah, which gonna is have, always a good idea. We we rode down on the bus with them, and uh, you know, obviously they were all set for a good old time, and she ended up rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> the bus station on the way home. Laid out on, yeah. on the, the bench thing. Just she was not going anywhere. Yeah. As, if the, as if the costume wouldn't gain most attention. All right, let's wrap it up. We've had a lot of great beers, a lot of great times over the last four or five, five days. Five. And yeah, uh, it's like an event here in uh, Denver. Yeah, I mean, it happens every year. And yeah. If you don't have any plans for next year, That's plan right. on right. doing this. It's had its way with me. All right. So, uh, See you next time. Drive safe. You said the moon was out.
Yeah. He said the moon was out to hell with the day. The sunlight is only gonna take love away. Raise up suspicion and alibi, but I can't see you. Tear blinded eyes. I got a stone where my heart should be. I got a stone where my heart should be, and nothing I do will make you love me. I need this time.